Welcome to the Panine Halacha podcast. Smanim, chapter 4, Yom Atzmut, as well as Yom Yerushalayim and Yom Hazikaron. Section 9, the different dates of Yom Atzmut. The fifth of ER can fall out on four possible days of the week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Saturday, that is Shabbos. When the fifth of ER falls out on a Friday or on a Shabbos, there is good reason to fear that the celebrations and ceremonies will cause public desecration of Shabbos. Therefore, it was decided, at the request of the chief rabbinate, that whenever Yom Atzmut falls out on a Friday or Shabbos, the holiday is instead celebrated on the previous Thursday, that is, the third or the fourth of ER. Eventually, the rabbis realized that even when Yom Atzmut fouls out on a Monday, that means Yom HaZikaron will fall out on a Sunday, that is, begin on Saturday night, and the preparations for Yom HaZikaron will cause many Jews to violate Shabbos. That when the 5th of Iyar falls out on a Monday, both of those special occasions will be postponed by a day, such that Yom HaZikaron will be on the 5th of Iyar, Monday, and Yom Atzmut will be on the 6th of the month, Tuesday. In practice, then, on three of the four possible days on which Yom Atzmut can fall, we celebrate it either before or after its genuine date. We find a similar concept elsewhere. Out of concern that one might carry a shofar or a lulav on Shabbos, the sages canceled these mitzvahs. Therefore, when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos, we do not blow the shofar that day, and when the first day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbos, we do not take the four species. Thus, the sages canceled biblical commandments in order to avoid Shabbos violation. That said, they did not change the actual date of the holidays, since they are written explicitly in the Torah. Rabbinically ordained holidays, however, may be postponed or even observed earlier, For example, when Purim falls out on Shabbos, we read the Megillah and give gifts to the poor on Friday, and we read the special Torah reading and say Al-Hanisim on Shabbos, and we eat the festive Purim meal and send portions of food to others on Sunday. And when Tisha B'Av falls on Shabbos, we postpone the fast until Sunday. The same is true of Yom Atzmut. It all depends on how the holiday was instituted. Whichever day the representatives of the people and the chief rabbinate decide is the day to celebrate the establishment of the state, that's the day that we must thank Hashem for his salvation. It is interesting to note that the Declaration of Independence took place itself earlier than originally planned for the same reason, in order to prevent Shabbos desecration. After all, the British mandate ended on Friday night, May 14th, 1948, at midnight, which is the 6th of ER. But the heads of the People's Council did not want to declare statehood amidst Shabbos night desecration. So they moved the declaration up to Friday afternoon, before Shabbos. In other words, the 5th of ER. To summarize, if we were to commemorate Yom Atzmut, or even Yom Azikaron, on a Friday afternoon, or a Shabbos day, or a Saturday night, Public violation of Shabbos would almost certainly occur in the midst of these special and sacred commemorations. Just imagine it, it would be a whole lot of Shabbos barbecuing. As such, the only safe dates to celebrate Yom Atzmut would be Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. 
but the 5th of Iyar never naturally falls on Tuesday and Thursday, and it unfortunately can fall quite often on Friday and Shabbos. As a result, at the request of the chief rabbinate, the official date for celebrating Yom Atzmaut is shifted to prevent Shabbos desecration. Indeed, most years, the 5th of Iyar falls out in such a way that such a shift is required. Only when Yom Atzmaut is celebrated on a Wednesday is it actually the original date, the 5th of Iyar. But such manipulation for the protection of the sanctity of Shabbos should not surprise us. We cancel the Torah mitzvahs of Rosh Hashanah shofar blowing and Sukkot lulav shaking for the sake of Shabbos. In regard to rabbinic holidays like Purim and Tisha B'av, we actually move their dates to better accord with Shabbos. So too here. And broadly speaking, it is the day upon which the Jewish people have chosen to celebrate a holiday, not a historical date itself, which carries sanctity. Three notes. One sharing an interesting halakhic question from the footnotes, one from me reflecting on the rhetorical structure of this section, and then a compelling aside mentioned in the footnotes. First, when Yomat's moot celebrations are deferred from the 5th of Iyar, as so frequently happens, does the 5th of Iyar still retain any of its sacred status? For example, should one really say Tachanun on it, knowing that it's the day which, historically speaking, our independence was announced? A similar question is actually dealt with in halacha when Purim or Tisha B'av are deferred. Interestingly, the Panini Halacha does not provide definitive rulings on these questions, perhaps from a sense that the halacha on the matter is still unclear. Here is what I could gather from him. If the 5th of Iyar falls out on a Monday or Friday, don't say Tachnun on those days. If the 5th of Iyar falls out on a Shabbos, we do still say the Av HaRachamim prayer, but we should not say Sidkatcha. When it falls on Shabbos, Rev Gorin held that we should say Halal on that Shabbos, but this is a minority view. Indeed, when Rev Gorin saw that the public did not accept this view, then even in his own synagogue, he related that they should not say Halal on Shabbos. Second, Yom Atzmut is already on the defensive as a seemingly new and quote-unquote made-up holiday. So when I first learned that we also don't even commemorate the holiday on its right date most years, I thought, gosh, that really further diminishes its authenticity. I almost said to myself, like, seriously, Yom Atzmut? For that reason, I love how effectively the Panini Halacha handles this topic. After describing just how manipulated the holiday's date is, he immediately shows that that manipulation is well within the realm of the traditional and the authentic. Look at what we do with Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot, and what we do with Purim and Hanukkah. There is actually nothing new here. But that's just a defense. In the footnotes, he somewhat goes on the offense. He cites from Rev. Cook, who claims that the sages instituted two days of Purim, one for most areas and one just for walled cities like Jerusalem, in order to clearly distinguish between a biblical holiday, which has one fixed time for everyone, and a rabbinic holiday, which is observed at different times in different locations. Perhaps this helps explain why the rabbis instituted three different levels in regard to how to light Hanukkah candles, something we do not find in relation to biblical commandments, whose laws are fixed. There's usually just one way to do it right. Based on this, 
we can say that it's actually fitting for Yomatsmut not to have a fixed date, seeing that it's a rabbinic enactment. In this way, it's not just okay that Yomatsmut moves around, it's actually better this way, it's intentional. It's part of a tradition of intentionally marking new holidays with a subtle change to ensure that we don't see them as biblical holidays. The Panine Halacha podcast provides English audio of Panine Halacha, an exceptional work of Halacha by Rav Eliezer Malamed Shlita. The English translation was overseen by Ellie Fisher and Corin Publishers. These texts are available for free online, and beautiful printed volumes are available for purchase. The summaries and reflections are from me, Ben Greenfield, rabbi of the Greenpoint Shul in New York City. I occasionally make subtle changes to the original translation, often for clarity, sometimes by mistake.